Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fish stripes and filtered episode thirty-two. It has. It's been a very, very long time. A lot has happened. Well, some some moves have happened for the Marlins, but all that has happened around Major League Baseball. We are back, hopefully bi-weekly. Um, now with uh, spring training up and almost there. Uh, we have Isaac Azud as always. Um, no guests today. It's just us talking the latest around the Marlins. So there's rumors, buzz, and a, f- a fun little topic towards the end. Isaac, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm excited to to get this going again. Yeah, it's well, I'm doing swell. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, finally, we got some news to talk about. You know, like you mentioned, it's been a while since we've been on here. I think we're trying to make it more, you know, quality over quantity when it comes to our yeah. episodes. We don't want to force things. So when something happens, we will record and give you our analysis. And, you know, we got a good amount of stuff to report on as, a, as we're recording this on January 5th on Thursday. So let's get started. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And uh, before we continue, uh, first, as always, subscribe, like, um, follow us on all the podcasts, wherever you listen to, and um, vote for us on Marlon's Twitter Madness. I am going up against Bella, Isaac's girlfriend. Isaac, you're going up against? Oh. Who are you going up against? I'm going up against Professor Ron Cox, uh, left Ron field Cox. professor. There it is. Isaac is on the, um, for me, the 
left side of the bracket, and I am on the right. So uh, just make sure to vote for us. And anyone else who's left in fish tracks, I believe it's just you, me, Eli, and Nicole, um, okay, and Nicole. That that's it. So oh, and Grant. So make sure to vote for Grant there, as well. Uh, and I think uh, anything else before we move on, Isaac. Just so, just so you know, Kevin, I thought long and hard when it came to your uh, your matchup. I'm very, I'm very disappointed. Or Bella, I I need a happy household, so I did have to go with with the Bella yeah. name. But I'm sure the Fish Stripe staff. Uh, supplemented your vote plenty so sure sure they did all right um all <laughs> right let's start with the latest moves gene segura signed with the miami marlins for a two-year deal worth 17 million dollars with a third-year club option worth 10 million dollars or a two million dollar buyout he's played he's expected to be the team's starting third base and come opening day uh only played 24 24 career games at third base so take it as you will and um, just yesterday, so as I mentioned, January 5th, we're recording this on the 4th, the Miami Marlins DFA'd Charles LeBlanc to add Gene Segura to the 40-man roster. I can tell you personally from a source that the Miami Marlins were looking to make a trade. They did not. And um, LeBlanc was DFA'd. And they could still trade LeBlanc. They have, I believe, a period of time to do that. But I expect them to get claimed from a team. I think both of us do, Isaac. Your thoughts on, on Segura now pairing up and making this infield a lot better and maybe one of the best pure hitters on, on the Marlins right now. Yeah, we'll start with just the Segura signing. And I think the thing that stands out to me is just the value. I think the Phillies declined their $17 million option for him for this 2023 season. And the fact that you're getting basically two seasons of him at $17 million, great for the Marlins. Great that they were able to spend this money on someone that they could really use. They have that infield depth, but it's not exactly sexy depth. You know, in Groshans and LeBlanc, they had him and Birdie. And Rojas, and they uh, they non-tendered Brian Anderson, so it was just interesting, weird depth that they had there. So there you go, you have your starting third baseman, who I assume will hit either first, second, or third every single day in the lineup, and hopefully play 150 games plus for this team. And you're right, I think he becomes him and Cooper the best pure hitters on this ball club. Swing and a ground ball right side. It's under the glove with eight minutes in the right. The game is tied. Here comes Castellanos. He'll score, and the Phillies lead it in the ninth. Gene Segura has come through, and the Phillies have scored three times to take the lead on the Cardinals. A great addition, and when you add him, you had to DFA someone. I thought it was going to be one of the relief pitchers in Oscar Brazoban, maybe. But no, they went with Charles LeBlanc, who came up and hit, who had a tremendous year at AAA. And he came up, and like I said, he just hit, hit, hit. He was okay. His OPS, I think, ended in the low 700s to finish the year. I'm not crazy sad about it. I'm not, you know, very thrilled about it either, but it's just, you know, the business of baseball. We've always known they were never that high on him, and we find out exactly why. And They're just not it. huge believers in Charles LeBlanc. And Craig did say that on this podcast. So if you want to listen to that episode, just subscribe to Fish Stripes and you know what to do. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed with LeBlanc. I, I will not lie. I like LeBlanc. Great guy. With the media, you know this, Isaac. He's a great person. Um, he really did provide the defensive versatility that the team needed. He had years of control left. He had, you know, minor league options that you could have even used on him. But, you know, as you mentioned, you need to, when you need to get rid of an infielder, you get the odd man out. And in this case, unfortunately, it was Charles LeBlanc. Obviously, you, you, you feel better about guys like Xavier Edwards and Jordan Groshans, which those are still questions to be, you know, answered on what will happen because you still have an abundance in the infield. You have Wendell, Rojas. You have Groshans, you have Birdie, you have Edwards. I mean, 
you still have to make a trade, right, Isaac? You would have to make at least one trade, you know, whatever it is, any of the guys. But most likely, I know you think Miguel Rojas will be the starter. I believe Miguel Rojas will be the starting shortstop come opening day. So this leaves Wendell as the odd man out. And it kind of sucks because he is the lefty bat that the team really needs right now. And, you know, this is a very righty-heavy lineup at, at the moment. So you losing Wendell would be um, a disappointment. But if you bring back some good value, I guess you could say, you won't feel that bad about it. Yeah, you, you'd think they'd keep Wendell just because of his positional versatility. And we went into last year thinking that the platoon of Rojas and Wendell at short was just perfect, and it made the most sense. They didn't really do it at all. I don't, Wendell played very little at short of any time. I don't remember. But maybe this year, you know, they learned their lesson and say, listen, Rojas can't really play every single day against right-handed pitching, and they sort of do try that platoon eventually. And that would make a lot of sense. With Segura at third, have those two platoon at short, you know you're getting Jazz Chisholm at second, and whoever they play at first, we'll find that out later when spring training comes around. But I'm hoping that Wendell's not the odd man out. You, for a long time, I think in May and April, he was the best hitter on the team. Hughes with a 2-2 to Wendell. Bouncer right side. Gets by Madrigal into right center field. Williams is going to come in to score. And the Marlins break through in the seventh. A big hit from Joey Wendell. It's one to nothing. Well, I got to give credit when credit's due. Jessica Blaylock talked about Joey Wendell and being a professional hitter on the pick to stick. Well, he is. This is a guy who constantly... Does the little things well, not trying to do too much right there. Puts the ball in play with two strikes. And so we'll have to see where that goes. Groshans, you got to assume, starts at AAA. Birdie, you got to assume, starts on the major league roster, on the bench. And so, you know, you got you have decent depth, but you don't want to start making it a weakness. You want to keep it there. So I think losing LeBlanc, you don't want to lose anymore, in my opinion. No, I just realized Xavier Edwards is a switch hitter. So for the ones yeah. on YouTube, you can see the whole depth there. Uh, I wanted to mention Wendell only played 34 games at shortstop in 2022. So that's the position he played the second most, obviously. The first being uh, third base. So I want to move on to kind of the latest buzz in free agency we've been seeing. Um, I believe it was yesterday as well. Uh, we saw the once again rumored Johnny Cueto, Miami showing interest. This was the report from Ken Rosenthal. So we'd, we'd seen reports from John Heyman, I believe, twice. And now we see this report once again. It's down to the Padres and the Marlins with the Reds showing interest in 2022. Uh, Cueto did have a bounce back here. 335 ERA, 379 FIP, 1225 WHIP, 158 innings pitched, 102 strikeouts, 33 walks. This guy would be someone who I know you've mentioned you would love to have on the Marlins. I've mentioned I would love to have him on the Marlins. So this is... Is this that guy you would sign, and how much would you give him to join the Marlins? Yeah, what a bounce back year that Johnny Cueto had, huh? Uh, he really, yeah. you know, he's gonna he's gonna get a little expensive, and like I said, it just comes out of the money with this certain player. He's not a necessity; he's a luxury that I'm not sure they're willing to, you know, go to a bidding war for. Even though I think it might be worth it, you know, put him in the three or four spot in the rotation to pitch every fifth day in the major leagues, obviously. And you can give some time. Maybe Edward starts in AAA. Maybe Trevor struggles again. Maybe Luzardo gets hurt again. It really couldn't hurt to have a seventh major league ready starter because, you know, throughout the course of a year, you need, you're going to go through at least 10, you'd think. And so that way you don't have to do emergency spot starts and bullpen and openers throughout the year like you had to in previous seasons. So it makes sense for me. Johnny Cueto, I think then it just comes down to the money, whether he wants to go. I think San Diego is looking. I think the Yankees were looking. 
just where he wants to go. I think he's got to assume this is maybe his last year or two of his career. So whether he wants to spend in Miami, it's up to him. But I wouldn't go too much. I wouldn't spend too much money on this player, even though he, I think he would make a tremendous difference. It could, you know, come May, he would be a big help. And especially with the depth in the minor leagues, you have Yuri, who's practically almost ready. Dax, maybe you give him one more year or maybe half a year. I, I believe he will make his debut towards the end of 23. But Cueto would be a very nice acquisition, especially with what, you know, besides the, the on the field. Off the field, this guy is a veteran. He's been around World Series winning teams. He, he knows the playoffs well. He's, the, he's an old guy in there, so... He's definitely going to be providing mentorship, especially how young this rotation is, you know, including Sandy, who's definitely now entering his prime, I would say, if I'm correct, with how, with how the age lines up for Sandy. So um, the other player I wanted to mention is Mike Moustakas. He was just released today, actually, uh, the day we're recording this. He's coming off two back-to-back really bad seasons with the Reds, um, not playing too well. Um, there it is, Mike Moustakas at 214, 295, 345. 647 homers, 25 RBIs. I think this is someone you definitely take a chance on, Isaac. Minor league deal with an invite to spring training. If it doesn't work out, you just send him to AAA. And if he decides to elect free agency, go ahead and, you know, thank you for uh, for your contributions in spring training. Yeah, uh, not exactly apples to apples, but maybe sort of like that Matt Kemp here that Miami signed yeah. him with an invite to spring training. See what he's got. You know, he's not insanely old, but you're right. Those last two seasons in Cincinnati have been nothing short of, you know, awful. Um, but that swing and the power really would play well at Lone Depot Park if he were able to revitalize any part of his, you know, offensive also power. Lefty. So I think it would work out. I think it's worth giving him a, you know, a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. And when or if Miami doesn't see him making the club, no problem, no harm done. Cut him loose, let let him elect free agency, and he can go try and find a team elsewhere. Or he would report, or he would accept a AAA um, report. So, I to me, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't go crazy if they don't sign him, but to me, it's like why not for Mike Mustakas? Yeah, and, and to me, it's you know we could even mention the free agents that are left at first base. The main ones, obviously, there's Trey Mancini, there's Yuli Gurriel, and then there's Brandon Belt. Those are the three main guys left, unless I'm completely missing on one of them. Brandon but Belt is like the dream scenario. Of it's the Stockton. guy, yeah. That's the Belt. dream scenario. He's your but number say, four, and that gives you a lot of power. And that, like, could you imagine Solaire, Avi, Cooper, and Belt, and then Segura and Jazz? That's that lengthens the lineup significantly. Maybe you get rid of Cooper at that point. Um, yeah. But wow, it makes this team a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I wanted to go to. Let's say Mike Moustakas has a pretty good spring training, good enough to make the roster, and he's the starting first baseman somehow. He he somehow becomes that guy. That's something. What what, what what yeah? What in the world do you do with Garrett Cooper? Do you put him at the DH and then unfortunately Soler goes back to left field, or and then you start some type of platoon at the DH, or do you just trade Cooper and see let's and try to get the most value you can for him? Yeah, so the report in the Miami Herald, you know, obviously showed that they offered Jose Abreu a lot of money. They offered Justin Turner, who would, you know, would play a little bit of first base as well. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for first base, which makes me think maybe they're looking to flip Cooper at this point, coming off an all-star season, and just get some value for him now. Maybe, you know, this relationship has run its course. He's been here since 2018, and he's had great years. All of them, yeah. I think, have been above average offensively anyway. So maybe mm-hmm. they're just looking to flip it at this point so 
I don't know. They would look to trade him, maybe package him with one of the starting pitchers that they're looking to trade, and I think that would really uh, make the return greater. So, yeah, if they do sign a Mustagas or a Belt, I, I think Soler stays at DH for sure. I don't think they want him in left field anymore. They saw what happened. He wasn't awful, but he got hurt, and he was not great. So I think they'd like to keep Soler at DH, which really doesn't leave room for Cooper. I don't think they want him at first. So I think they're going to be looking to replace Cooper's production somehow, somewhere. And for more reference, the Boston Red Sox did show interest in Garrett Cooper, I believe, a couple weeks back. So um, I think this was also before the Justin Turner signing. Correct me if I'm wrong. So they are look- Boston's still looking for first baseman. That is open. Eric Cosmer is no longer on the team. So right now, the slot guy would be Tristan Casas, who will get we is the guy I want to get to next. Uh, Miami spoke to Boston about Tristan Casas. It's looking unlikely according to source, but um, man, would this be a great fit, Isaac? Yeah, obviously. Like we mentioned on the live stream yesterday, he was in the 2018 draft, fresh out of American Heritage. Miami could have selected him, but he actually did fall pretty deep in that first round. Miami went with Connor Scott instead. Um, I would be shocked if Boston were to trade this player. Um, But yes, this would be one of the dream basically bigly ready players that could really slot in beyond the opening day in the opening day lineup, actually. Um, I think he's one of the higher upside offensive prospects in all of baseball. But for that reason, I don't think Boston is in any hurry to get rid of him unless they are absolutely overwhelmed with something that most Marlins fans won't want to give up. So I, I find that unlikely, but it's worth monitoring. See, maybe sometime in the season, during the season, something changes for Boston. We shall see. But it's good to know that they inquired about that name for sure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And not only that, you mentioned Bray, you mentioned all these other these guys that they've been going after. At least they're trying. I mean, yes, we hear the interest, and I know fans especially have been absolutely not happy with the word interest, but the Marlins are making pretty competitive offers. When you offered the most money to Brandon Jury, you offered a pretty good amount of money to Justin Turner, and you and you know you offered forty million to to Jose Abreu. You have to feel good about. At least the Marlins making that push to get the guy. I mean, you really can't compete with the World Series champs when you have the chance to go to a team like Houston, who may be one of those teams to go back to back with how good their roster is. Obviously, he's going to choose Houston. He had a third year in that deal, if I'm correct. So it's hard to compete against that. Brandon Jury has his own reason. Justin Turner, I really don't know. I guess it's more years and more flexibility for him there. But Quickly, Casas. He was very patient at the plate. I mentioned this on the live stream, but this guy walked at a fourteen point five percent in the in the minor leagues and twenty percent in the big leagues, striking out twenty one in in the minor leagues and twenty four percent in the big leagues. This guy is good. 
Uh, he did not show too much in the big leagues with a 197 batting average, but he did hit five homers. So, and at 12 RBIs, again, show that patience at the plate. So there's a lot to be excited about. And I know Isaac, I want to once again go to Brennan Rogers here. This was another report mentioned. Um, in I believe this was also was this the Herald as well? Uh, or no, was, no, this was John. This was John Heyman who mentioned it in the New York Post that Miami uh, had discussions with Colorado to acquire Brendan Rodgers. Now, keep in mind, this was before the Gene Segura signing, um, and that also included uh, Edward Cabrera, who now, in a report that you put out, I believe, last night, Jim Bowden mentioned that Miami is now hesitant to move Edward Cabrera. They're listening in on everyone except Sandy and Contra and Edward Cabrera. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know you played against Brendan Rodgers in high school, and you were very impressed by him, and you loved the guy. So... Talk to us about Brendan Rodgers, how you would have fit in the Marlins and um, on yeah. the Marlins. Brendan Rodgers would have been an interesting player to acquire for Miami. I, we, I did play against him in high school. He had one of the furthest home runs I've ever seen in my entire life. Hit off our best pitcher. Um, he's an outstanding athlete. His numbers away from course field are a little concerning. Yeah. You know, so it'd be a little risky. Regarding the Jim Bowden report, oh. report um, I think he genuinely confused Yuri and Edward. Edward to my knowledge, has been offered twice to, for Brendan mm -hmm. Rodgers and for Brian Reynolds. And those are, you know, pretty safe reports, in my opinion. So I, I, I think he just made a mistake. I think Yuri and Sandy are the untouchables. And you got Jazz in there. So I, I do think Edward is definitely available, given his injury history and given the fact that he just hasn't gotten it all together yet. He would be someone that, you know, a team like Pittsburgh, a team like Colorado would be very interested in. I mean, Colorado saw his 96-mile-an-hour changeup firsthand. So maybe that really intrigued them about this young arm. But, you know, we'll see. Brendan Rodgers, I think that chip has sailed once Segura signed. But, yeah, I, that's it to report on that front. Yeah, and then the same pretty much goes in that Herald report once again, Edward. The Marlins were interested in Mets third baseman Eduardo Escobar. Um, once again, I really don't know what was offered in that deal. But with Carlos Correa, um, that uncertainty, really don't know if they're going to be willing to trade a guy like Escobar. If Correa does sign, Escobar is definitely going on the market. And he, you know, a lot of teams are going to be calling for someone like him who had an amazing 2021, unfortunately struggled in 22, um, but not really much more to report there. And this was all also before the Gene Segura signing, unless you want to mention anything on. Yeah, Escobar, Escobar would have been a nice thing. I know Miguel Rojas advocated to sign him last offseason, yeah. if I remember correctly. And the other guy that I think the Mets are going to be dangling is Luis Guillorme. Oh, um, yeah. If my nice. didn't have John Birdie. He'd be a name I'd be all over. That guy just plays baseball well. It reminds me like Joey Wendell in a way. Just hits the ball. He's a freak. He robs Miami every chance he gets. So those are two guys that I assume they're at now out on since the Segura signing. But, yeah, those are names that probably won't be with the Mets. Now that the reports are coming out, the Correa's deal, his new restructured deal will be finalized in the next few days. So yeah, for those to be dealt. The, uh, oh, nice. Okay. All right. So, um the last piece of news you mentioned Brian Reynolds. I'm going to talk about him one last time before we go I on guess. to, I guess, the little experiment we're going to do here bounce mm -hmm. back candidates. So, Brian Reynolds, you posted on Twitter that from a direct source that they offered Edward Cabrera a couple times and they've been pretty big offers. What can you tell us? Yeah. Uh, what I was told is that the main offer that the best offer Miami did give Pittsburgh was centered around Edward Cabrera and a few of the higher level prospects that. You know, no one wants to get rid of, as well as Jesus Sanchez. He was on there as well. Okay. And that wasn't nearly enough. Up, 
apparently. According to Pittsburgh, they wanted a lot more. They wanted Yuri. They want Salas. They want basically they're looking for a Juan Soto type package deal for Edward Cabrera. Um, for um, Brian Reynolds. And there is a tweet so that it's going to be tough. I do think it's obviously maybe hyperbolic that statement that they want the Juan Soto type package, but they're going to want something close to it. You know, they're going to you're going to empty out this marvelous farm system. And will it be worth it? Yeah, for three years of Brian Reynolds, maybe. But I, a lot of fans, you know, every Marlins Twitter GM is going to be looking at it and be like, holy shit, that's a lot for the center fielder who's not really a great defensive center fielder at a big Lone Depot Park. So, Yeah, and that's, what I, that's kind of what I wanted to clarify, that Brian Reynolds was the worst center fielder in Major League Baseball, according to the numbers, I believe, in 2022. And I kind of want to piggyback off Isaac's report. I was told if it is in Boston, it's Brian Reynolds, uh, according to source. So um, kind of to piggyback off there. And um, – if you have anything else you you want to talk about, I think uh, New York is going to try their best. I, I saw a report that it was Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe, 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 and and more for uh, for uh, yeah. for Brian Reynolds. And that at that point, like Jesus Christ, I, I don't think any Juan Soto wouldn't have even returned that package. Obviously, I'm kidding, but it's a lot that they're asking for Brian Reynolds, even with a year less coming off a of kind of a down year and one year less of control. It's it's remarkable how strong they're standing with their with their asking price for this player. Yeah, and this is a guy who they could really they tried to extend, they couldn't do it. So you, you I mean, and he's requested a trade, and he's requested a trade, and they still exactly. have you know they're holding back, which they don't you know they don't care that he's requested a trade. I don't think they don't have to do anything about it. But you know, you usually don't want a disgruntled player in your clubhouse, so maybe that you would think would lower the price a little bit. But from what I hear, not at all. Is there a chance he doesn't report to spring training? No, no. That doesn't happen. This isn't the NBA. The NFL. The NFL. That's a, that happens a lot in the NFL. So, um, all right. Bounce back candidates. I'll mention one. You mention one. And then we'll do two each. I think that's the best way to do it to wrap this up. 22 minutes in. Go first. I, there's the obvious one. But uh, if, you, if, you want, if we both want to get that one out of the way just to go a little bit more, um, I guess, fun and more weird with it. Uh, Avisail Garcia is the obvious bounce back candidate, I believe, in my opinion. I know you have one that you mentioned on stream last night. I don't know if that one's yours, but uh yeah, he'll be my first one. Um what a roller coaster Tanner Scott's season was. Um mm -hmm. he would show acts of brilliance and he just could not you would throw ten straight balls and then you'd throw twelve straight strikes to end the game. Thanks yeah. to Mel Sotomayor. But I think he's got some the obviously one of the best sliders in baseball. His yeah. fastball command can be really good sometimes and if he gets it all together he could be one of the premier setup men in baseball. He shouldn't be the closer. I don't think he will be the closer whether they bring in someone else, which is not looking likely now that they're all sort of off the board. It looks like it'll be Floro again. Hopefully he'll be 100% healthy going into the season, unlike last year. So I think it'll be Scott in the seventh or eighth inning, sort of taking the Anthony Bass role. And I, I, I see him having a very big first half. I don't know whether he'll be with Miami come August, but I can see him being absolutely flat-out dominant in spring and in April through July. So he's my oh. best yeah, I was writing up an article. I don't know if I'll keep doing it. It was kind of like this, bounce back candidates for 2023, and Tanner Scott was one of the first guys I had there. I mean, you look at this guy's pitches. Like You you mentioned the slider. Oh, my. That is a nice – that's a nasty pitch when you look at it. I mean, and yep. you think about that game in, against the Rockies in Miami. I think that was the first game of the series. He he really was impressive. And um, that, that game where he just threw all strikes after Mel went up, we all remember that moment. Um do you see him somehow getting into the closers role, Isaac? They, you know, with this team, you never know. They might need him to because, really, who else are you going to put there 
if Floro struggles, you lost Bass, you lost Pop. Who you know, you're not going to use Blyer. Yeah. You're not, you could use Okert again, but you really want to do that. So if it's not Floro, he's got to be the second man. So yeah, I, I do see him getting some save opportunities. Unfortunately, this year, the point is that he shouldn't be. He should be third in line. There should be someone else in front of Floro getting saves. Uh, Kimbrel yeah. just signed with Philadelphia, and his you know, it wasn't too expensive. Hopefully, they look for someone else. There's still some names out there. I know Corey Knable still out there. I mentioned him previously. I really like him for Miami. Maybe not yep. to be the closer, but to sort of bridge Scott and Floro. Well, there's some names, so hopefully they they supplement the bullpen a little bit, which according to reports they are. But if they go to spring training as is, you know, with Sean Reynolds in there and Josh Simpson and Andrew Nardi there, it'll Soriano's be Soriano's also there. Jorge Soriano, is, Scott will be getting some save opportunities for sure. And who knows, maybe he'll run away with it. Yeah, and the, um, I wanted to mention Alex Reyes, still free agent. I know he won't be able to pitch starting but uh, opening day, but I mean, at some point he will, and you, you just see what he did in 2021. I mean, 2020, yeah, 2021. He did not pitch last year. Uh, you have to feel very, very good about what possibilities he could bring to the Marlins. So my next, my guy is going to be, I'm going to go with Trevor Rogers. I believe Trevor Rogers will have a nice 2023. Uh, you, he kind of went out pretty well in 2022. Unfortunately, he had the injuries, but he finished off pretty well, and he seemed to finally get it going. His issue was really inconsistency. There was times during the game where he would look phenomenal. That you, you felt like this was 2021 Trevor Rogers, the yeah. one that was second in the NL Cy Young, and then rookie not Cy Young. I know rookie of the year, I wish. And then there's and then there was Trevor Rogers 2022 where he just did not look good. You remember that game against the Phillies? Miami was giving him the run support needed, and he, and he gave up four runs. And I believe Miami did end up winning that game, but still very very stressful to be under that situation. So I do believe Trevor will bounce back if he is not traded and he is a Marlin because at this point you really don't know which which starter will get traded that is not named Sandy Alcantara. So. Um, yeah, but mine, mine is Trevor Rogers. Yeah, I hope and I really hope he does bounce back for the team's sake and for his sake. He's a very good guy. Um, he was not happy with his performance at all. He was really, you know, he just didn't know what was going, what was going on. And you know, when he went on the IL with the, with what I'm going to call it a phantom injury, just to get some reps in in the minors, it, it helped him a lot. Clearly, he came back and played and pitched really well. So, I'm hoping for the best, Trevor, whether it's here or anywhere else, because he's got a lot of talent. And who's your final bounce back guy? My final bounce back guy is gonna now. We'll obviously do more in depth when we do the uh, bold predictions video. No, it, which that may be up in two weeks. That may be the know, next one. This guy, he struggled and coming back from the injuries, um, and it's gonna be a contract year for him. I think Joey Wendell. Uh, he's gonna cement himself as for playing every single day. They overused him last year. He he started on opening day and he just played every single freaking day except against lefties, which they. For some reason, didn't face that many. Um, but yeah, I think Joey Wendell comes back and has a has a heck of a year, and he's someone that I I can pretty much guarantee will not be a Marlin come August of next season. Yep, that's a good one. That's the one I was going to use. So that that's one I do believe. You know, if let's say he is, you know, on the team come opening day, if you put him in that role that he was in Tampa, I think you would feel a lot better about the about Joey Wendell, and you may be may you may even get. 2021 Joey Wendell, which is the guy that made the all-star team for the American League. So um, my next guy is going to be Dylan Floro. He he was a little bit rusty to when he came back from the injuries. Um, 
I put this in my New Year's resolution article for the Marlins. I said Dylan Floro will finish with 40 saves on the season. I believe Dylan Floro is coming back stronger than ever. I think Dylan Floro is going to be really freaking good, especially if he wins that closers role. He's going to be healthy for spring training is what the expectation is at the moment. We haven't heard of any injuries. He is going to earn this role, and you have Tanner Scott in the eighth throwing that nasty slider, and then you have Dylan Floro coming in for the ninth. And you may even not – you you probably won't even have to use him when Sandy's on the mound, and, mm-hmm. and you feel a lot better about that when you have him very well rested. So that's my guy. And if, if you have any other plays you want to shout out for um, bounce-back candidates, now's the time. I mean, my only other shout-out would be Jorge Soler, who I believe will definitely have that 30-homer year that we all – that Whoa. he was on pace for before he he got um got injured. And then my other one would be one that I'm going to be looking at in spring training a lot, Gerard Encarnacion, who came up and was just struggling. I, I'm very, very excited about Gerard. I believe he can – if, if he plays well enough and you give him enough reps at first, he could end up being the starting first baseman at some point throughout the season or get more reps at first. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Gerard. He's one of my favorite – I, I'm not sure if he's still considered a prospect, but he's definitely one of my favorite young players on the 40 men. Someone I'll give a shout out to, I guess. I, I think Blyer comes back a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I think he, he was really bad last year. Um, bad. I think he can only get better. And then him and Jacob Stallings, I believe, just comes back, at least defensively. I'm not saying he's going to hit 15 home runs because he's not, but no. he'll come back and be, you know, he'll be one of the better at least top 15 catchers again in baseball, I hope, and just be solid again for Miami offensively and but mainly defensively for Stallings. And I and think he's just just two. Uh, he's I don't know what happened. I think league adjusted, and I think he'll adjust back. He just has to be smarter about it because he's got I think he's got as much talent offensively as anyone on the Marlins by far. I think he's the most talented offensive player. He just fails to make adjustments sometimes. But to me, he's the most talented hitter on the team. He's disgusting. So. If he makes adjustments, he could be an all-star. All right, and I think that is uh, where we will end it. Just going to give you guys a poll update for Isaac and I uh, on the Twitter madness. I just saw his being Bella still. Uh, here we go. I'm winning 58% to 42%, and you may be steamrolling Ron Cox. So we'll check that one out quickly. What? Where are you? Oh, you're steamrolling him, 80% to 20%. So those are your Marlins Twitter madness updates uh, for the ones that may or may not care. Um, anything else before we wrap it up? Maybe back in two weeks to do our bold predictions? I mean, by then, spring training is yeah, let's around. Do it, yeah, let's do a closer to spring training. So that way we have a, a, clo- uh, a more sure idea of what the roster will look like. But, yeah. Well, probably back in two weeks. For myself, from Isaac, Eli, in the production, we'll see you guys all in two weeks peace out and go fish we gotta end it off right